Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is. It's Howie Spangler, Tales from the Green Room. Thank you for tuning in. If you're uh, listening to this right now in the early morning, the AM, on Friday, that means I am currently on my way to the Cali Roots Festival in Monterey, California to perform. And I pre-recorded myself so that you could know that. Because I'm going to be too damn busy on Friday. Uh, Yeah, Cali Roots today. Monterey, it's going to be rad. It's like us and the skints and stick figure and just an insane weekend that happens every every Memorial Day weekend. Uh, sells out and, you know, it's nuts. But we're only going to be here for, for the night. We have to head home tomorrow, uh, fly home tomorrow for a um, show at the Brew at the Zoo. It's called Brew at the Zoo at the Maryland Zoo in uh, Baltimore on Sunday. So that should be fun. Get drunk, look at some animals, you know, bring the kids, be a good time, play a few songs. Uh, we've got uh, some shows coming up in June, a couple festivals, Ocean City, Denver, we're going to be in Rhode Island, we're going to be in uh, Boston for that cruise. Um, go to ballyhoorocks.com slash tour for all the information, the details, the tickets and all that. Um, thanks everybody for supporting the podcast all this time. Uh, this is episode 71. And uh, today, I've got my friend Aaron Barrett from Real Big Fish. Yeah, the big popular ska band from the 90s, still going strong. Uh, Just a good dude. Um, It was fun to have a conversation with him um, for the pod and uh, gave some useful insight about, you know, just working hard and how you can make a career out of this, this music life. Um talked basketball we talked uh the big smash album turn the radio off so it was just it was a great conversation um so so glad he made it onto the pod uh all right let's get into it everybody give it up for aaron barrett from real big fish aaron what's going on man how you doing doing good i'm alive yay you did it (laughs) i did it great success great success this is awesome man i've been wanting to do this for a while um we've done several tours together and i i think i asked you about this back in the fall of 2018 and just now getting around to do it so thanks for doing it no problem right on um how are things how's how's the wife how's the how's the little boy walter the dog (laughs) Walter's right here, curled up right next to me. The wife's outside on her phone. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Beautiful day. We're trying to get ready for tour. But we're leaving in about a week. Heading out to Europe. That's awesome, man. Who's on the who's on the tour with you guys? Yeah. Uh, it's mostly just festivals and stuff. And for some reason whenever we we tour in Europe doing the festival thing, it's always like a metal fest and then a dance music fest and then a metal fest and then like electronic dance music fest so weird and then we're just this random ska band for no reason never a, a never <laughs> a ska fest it's just metal and once in a while once in a while there's a ska fest but mostly it's metal or dance music which is fine with me yeah but it's just odd and i don't know how it happened how do they go they're usually pretty good you know the, 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 the electronic dance music festivals, people are 
usually on crazy drugs. So they don't even know we're there. <laughs> They're just kind of staring like zombies and walking around. So that's kind of funny. But the metal fest, we always get a great reaction. That's rad. Especially when we when we go into the metal parts unexpectedly. They're like, oh my God. Yeah, it is unexpected. It's ready solo. I can't believe it. <laughs> every, time, uh, <clears throat> every time you guys do all that metal shit in your shows, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just fun to watch. You guys are just a fun band. That's what we try to be. As fun as possible. <laughs> try to be entertaining. That's what we're all about. Yeah, for sure. It's, <laughs> it's always fun, man. Every, like, like I said, we've, we've um, done several like tours with you like full tours and um every night is just just great it's fun to watch and like um me having been there a, a lot now over the last few years um i kind of got over my like i kind of fangirl pretty pretty hard when we were first hanging out um <laughs> i'm sure you felt it but uh but no nah, you kept it together you were you were cool i had no idea oh, good 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 um <laughs> but it's funny watching like other people like newer bands or like like maybe friends that I might have at the show is like, Oh, oh my God, dude, that's fucking Aaron. <laughs> like it's, just, it's cool. You know, it's, it's neat to see. And it's, it's fun to watch uh, people react every night to all the, all the uh, goofy shit you guys are doing up there. It definitely is. I, I, that's my favorite part about performing is just like watching the crowd react and, you know, as you play every night, like you do things a little bit different to try and get a better reaction or a different reaction or the way you tell a joke or the way you go into a song or yeah, that's the cool thing about being like on a long tour, like doing a lot of tours. Like you have the chance to do the same thing a little bit different. It's kind of like Groundhog's day of the movie, you know, like you guys have a chance to just figure out how to have the perfect day. We figure out how to have the perfect show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've done, done it so many times. It's like, it's like, well, that didn't work. Try something different tomorrow. And then it's like, you just yeah. sort of like massaging it the whole time. And exactly. yeah, it's something for us. Like it's, it's definitely one of those things like, you definitely get tight over a tour, but like as far as like um, being on stage and, and being used to that, it, it, it's, I, to me, I, I think it kind of takes years of experience of just sort of like, because you, you kind of go through like every show, something different happens, good or bad, and y- yeah, for you sure. take something <laughs> away every time. So you apply that knowledge to the next one and the next one, the next one. And it's just, you kind of get this... <clears throat> uh, I don't know. You just you know how to do it after a while, but it, it does take time to to build to that. You become a professional show business person. <laughs> yeah, see, professional. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like vaudeville. You got moxie, kid. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it is a strange thing being a a, a touring band like we're doing that for your job. And just, we probably are the closest people to. Like knowing what it's like to be on the, in a circus or something, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it certainly feels like a circus. And it, setting it up every day, doing the show, <laughs> tearing it down, getting back on the train, going to the next town. The best way possible. It's like a goddamn circus, and um, yeah, it's like the the feels like it. It sure feels like it. <laughs> it does. Um, so uh, let's let's go back, um, way back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> You like that shit? <laughs> uh, let's, I didn't know you played the harp. Oh yeah, dude! I'm, I've got it right They're here. Beautiful. I've got it right here. I'm really good. It's, it's, <laughs> it's taken years to master, but I've, I finally figured it out. It's um, difficult instrument, yeah, believe me. Yeah, very cool instrument. I've I've actually never had the chance to, to fuck with a harp, but um, there are very cool instruments. Um, <clears throat> so so yeah, so like, 
tell us, uh, tell us, you know, when when did you was was Real Big Fish your your first band, or was that like, did you go through through a few bands, but you know, kind of perfecting it until you found this, or, or what's up? No, Real Big Fish is my first band. I started to, I got a guitar for my fifteenth birthday, and started taking lessons. And six months later, I started Real Big Fish. Oh, that's great. And we went through a lot of things. But uh, here we are, still doing it. I was in some other bands along the way for a little bit here and there, but been doing Real Big Fish since 1991 when we started. Yep. That's amazing. So uh, when was it? Um, Walter's really excited. He started barking when I said, talk, talk about the old days. Walter! <laughs> 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 You weren't there, Walter. Shut up. He's such a good boy. He's a good boy. When he's not attacking people and barking. Oh, for sure. For sure. He's always super cool to us. <laughs> <laughs> so 1991, you started the band. Like, What, what was your... Uh, were you guys always like a ska band or was it more like a punk thing? Like, I... It wasn't anything. We, I don't know. I, I was never in any kind of scene. I didn't have any idea what a scene was or that there was even such a thing. You know, I just thought that there were concerts and stadiums and that was it, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't only knew what I saw from movies. So I thought, you know, we'll start playing some music in the garage and then some guy in a suit with a briefcase full of money will come in and say, hey, I want to give you guys a record deal. <laughs> and then suddenly we'll be on MTV and we'll be famous. That's how I thought it worked. <laughs> but uh, I had been listening to gone reggae I didn't realize like one of my favorite bands is UB40 and I love the English beat and madness and I've been listening to these since I was a kid but I didn't re- realize that like that was called ska and reggae I just thought music was music you know songs each song sounds different I didn't realize there was different kinds of music till a, a lot later but uh I don't know I always had eclectic music taste so when I started making my own music I wanted to try you know everything so that was the goal at first. Like, let's try to make every single kind of music we can. Let's make a jazz song and a rap song and a rock song and a metal song, like that kind of thing. Just, you know, 15, 16 year old kids just experimenting. And uh, then we, I was the singer at first, and then we met this guy, and he brought over a PA that his older brother had. His older brother had a band. And, uh, he brought this PA over to my garage. It was really loud, and he had a microphone. So he started making up lyrics, and we thought that was really cool, so we let him be the singer. And then he was the one that said, hey, you guys like ska music? And he played me a bunch of stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's, what I've been, that's ska music. I've been listening to this stuff. That's awesome. So uh, we made a few ska songs, started playing some parties, realized that there was a bunch of bands in Orange County playing this ska music, started getting booked at shows, and the rest is history. Kept going with the ska thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. Because <laughs> I always loved horns and just, I don't know, everything about ska. <clears throat> it's, uh, fell into it's it. It's so uppity and fun and chaotic. <laughs> it's like like beautifully chaotic and, you know. Just makes you want to move, makes you feel happy. Yeah, that's why those those shows are so fun, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know, that, I, I didn't realize that we had a, similar sort of um stories as far as the the band is concerned like 
it was kind of the same thing. Like I, I knew that when I was a kid, I wanted to be in a band. I was my, I was six, and uh, Donald was four, I think. And we he took us to see Rat and Poison in '87. Yeah, <laughs> and and those nice. were our, like favorite bands, and them and Motley Crue and Skid Row and Cinderella and all this. And um, awesome. yeah, so yeah, I love all that stuff too. That's why I started playing guitar in the first place. Like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah, I knew you were a metal guy, <laughs> and um, yeah, you get yeah. shreddy sometimes. It's rad. Um, yeah, so like I'd known them when I was like so young, but then nothing really happened. You know, we Donald and I would like pretend in our bedroom we played bands. That's what we would call it. We pretend in our room and just play like the, the entire like "Shout at the Devil" album front to back. And he'd grab like <laughs> two pencils and like sit on the bed and be a drummer, and I would grab a pencil and pretend it was a microphone. And I'd jump all over the place and sing, and um, and that was oh. our version of it. And then finally, it was like high school. I got a guitar. Um, I learned to play guitar when I was like I don't know. 14 and then that following summer we we started the band and bally who is my only band as well it's been my first band uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and just being able to go that far you know um and that was in 95 when we did that um wow and it was yeah and so for us it was um the way it ties in uh like my love for like your music and and goldfinger and bands like that um i was yeah. i was uh it, we started in 95 and it was like, it was mostly like Green Day. So I was right. I was basically writing Green Day songs. I wanted to be Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> and, and then about a year later, um, I heard, uh, here in your bedroom on the radio by Goldfinger. And it, yeah. it was like this explosion. I was like, what is this shit? And I just loved the, it's kind of like Green Day, but it has this other weird thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the funny thing was, um, I knew like I'd already been listening to, um, uh, and Out Come the Wolves by Rancid, which has a lot of ska on it. Oh, um, yeah. That came out in 95. And then uh, uh, Operation Ivy before that, but I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was punk rock, and they were just doing this. I, don't, I, didn't, know what, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was ska, punk. Um, and, but it wasn't until that when I started kind of really paying attention. Um, and, and then it was like, you guys, and no doubt, and sublime. And it was just like, holy shit, dude. Like, and that just took took over my world, you know, and I started mixing all that stuff. Yeah, that's the stuff that was blowing up at that time, 95. Yeah, it was like one of the greatest eras of my life was like discovering all this music, <laughs> you know. Um, and it's really defined like, you know, where we went with our sound and, and wh why we're doing what we're doing today. Um, that's why it was always so exciting for us to uh, to get shows with you guys and um, I worked with uh, John Feldman once for a couple of days and, you know, just... So getting into that world, man, it's, it's been really, really fun to meet all these people. And the, the music, I felt like once we started incorporating that, it just made it, just took it to another level, just made it even more fun, than, more fun than what it was. Yeah, I mean, just that's the cool thing about Scott, too, is like you can mix it with any kind of music. And it just gives it that exciting something, putting the Scott parts in there. Yeah, it just, <laughs> that's it what just I thought, adds too. to it. Yeah, you, you can have like a, a Scott verse and go into a punk chorus or, or vice versa. You can put it like... And that's what was cool to me too, because uh, I, I always like so many different kinds of music. And then I don't know, just discovering the the ska punk thing made me see like, oh, you can mix all these different kinds of music, and you can go into this, you can do a reggae part here, you can go into a metal part there, you can do all this different stuff, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was really inspiring to me as a young musician, like, oh wow, I can do all this stuff. I don't have to play one kind of music. It opens it up. It really does. Yeah. And it helps your, like, that's what happened with me is like the, the floodgates open, the creativity just kept coming. 
um, and it was just song after song. Yeah, I'm, I was listening to similar bands too, like Sublime was a big one that I was listening to all the time, no doubt. Granted, all the things like in the, the mid-90s, big inspirations for me too. Okay, correct me um, correct me if I'm wrong here. The uh, uh, Turn Your Radio Off, now that's like the first official full-length album, correct? That, yeah, I mean, I, we did do an album called Everything Sucks, but that was like our independent album. Yeah. Most it was pretty much like a demo tape. It was just the days when people were kind of going. Where a band, bands would make you know cassette tapes, and then start, everything was starting to go to CDs. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty much a demo tape. Okay. But uh, I don't know those those days. It was like if you made a CD, you'd really oh you'd done something important because not everybody had a CD. <laughs> Most people had tapes. But uh, yeah, so that came out. Everything sucks. It had a lot of the same songs. Just turned the radio off. We re-recorded them. Okay. And that was kind of helped us get a little bit bigger locally. We got a little bit of distribution in different parts of the U.S. and stuff. And uh, we got a song on a comp by Mike Park called Misfits of Scott and Scottanic. And that was like our, our big, those were a big deal back then, the, the compilations. They were. It was almost like getting radio play because those comps would go to all the Scott fans everywhere. They might hear your song and like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a um, very cool way was, to find bands. Because we didn't have the internet back then. So there was <laughs> yep. really interesting how music got around back then. I know. You wonder about that. I remember reading... It was all word of mouth. Yeah. It was all word of mouth. Reading stories about how Green Day like sold like 10,000 copies of Kerplunk on the first day. It's like, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> like... Like, how did people even know about your band? You know, like, since they're selling out across the country, like, it's wild. Constant touring. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense now. But. Just, we're part of a, a scene. They have the Lookout Records scene going on, the pop punk thing, and pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the um, turning radio off. Obviously, that was the, the big smash that like really put guys on the map. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So we we got we got a record deal after everything sucked. And so we re-recorded a bunch of songs and recorded our newest songs and that began to turn the radio off. So that was our first release on a record label, official real album. <laughs> I mean, I'll say that's, uh, to come out swinging on your first big, you know, your first real big release, your worldwide release, <laughs> that's pretty, pretty slam, man. That's an achievement because obviously, you know, and that shit's not easy. Yeah. We were really lucky. I mean, we worked really hard for a few years, and the word was out a little bit about our band. People knew about us here and there. And we just happened to be at the right place at the right time because this new label, Mojo Records, was just starting. They only had Goldfinger on their label, and Goldfinger just had some success. So they were wanting to sign some more bands. Actually, Goldfinger hadn't had success yet. That's right, because our guys played on their album. Oh, wow. Hmm. That first album. Huh. So I guess Goldfinger was, they had signed Goldfinger and they were about to get that going. And then somehow John Feldman saw Real Big Fish to the ship. And I was like fighting with the sound man. And he thought that was really cool. I was like cussing him out on the stage. Like, Fuck you, I'm going to play one more song. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then he saw that. So that's awesome. So then he got some, our, our horn players to play on the album. And then Mojo Records called. One day, left a message on my mom's voicemail or answer machine. 
I thought it was a record store. Like, oh, cool, we're gonna sell some more CDs. But they were contacting us about our band. I don't know. It was a long time ago. It's hard to remember what. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, it's it's awesome, man. I, I love. But yeah, we were we were real lucky. We got on this new label that was really excited, and they signed us and put an album out, and then they got like major label distributions through Universal, and then all the they had a big meeting and all the people thought it would be really funny if they put a song called Sellout on the radio <laughs> and like pushed it really hard. <laughs> yeah. They had a sense of humor. They were right. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, it was great. And it pretty much you, uh, <clears throat> what you described earlier about what it is to be in a band and get signings of you, it was pretty well documented in the video for Sellout, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. You're <laughs> working at, at some some shitty diner and they just the suits come and take you away. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's that's rad, man. Yeah, I, I uh, that's almost exactly what happened, except different. <laughs> except different. <laughs> yeah, we, um, uh, you know, that song came out, and it was just like, holy shit, you know. The, and er- suddenly, everybody, you know, all my friends had it. We all had it, and I would take my brother and his friends skating, you know, skateboarding, and we'd find places that they wouldn't get arrested. And, We'd be listening to that shit <laughs> on the way there and back and um, every day after school. And it was, uh, I don't know, just front to back. I mean, it's such a really well put together record. And, um, you know, it's it, it got big for a reason, man. It's just really great songs and fun. And uh, so, like, you're really good with your melodies, you know. A lot of energy. A in lot it. of energy. It was very well captured. Very frantic. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was like the perfect skip music it is man it really is um well, yeah. did, did any of that stuff ever, ever end up on like a tony hawk game or anything like that we were on a few games uh goldfinger was on the tony hawk mm-hmm. game for sure i feel like take on me was on something we we're on some game where like you play maracas really maracas <laughs> and then some some other i think it was like a, a like a soccer game we were on i can't remember hmm. A few different things like that. That's rad. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, what, let's talk about the record for a second, like the making of it. Like, uh, all right, how long did it take to make the record? Was it a couple months, or did you kind of get it done pretty quickly? Or if it went pretty quick, we started recording in '96, like earlier in the year. Yeah, it all happened pretty fast. We got Mojo Records called, and they wanted us to do like a split seven inch with Goldfinger and that's all they wanted to do. And our manager Vince was like, nah, just let them do a whole album. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and since they didn't have any other bands, well, all right, we'll let you do an album. So we got to the president of the label, Jay Rifkin. He had just won a Grammy for the Lion King soundtrack, like him and a team of other people. So, and he had just started this recording studio with Hans Zimmer they were co-owners of it. So this is big, beautiful, amazing studio in Santa Monica. <laughs> so we walk in there. Oh my god! Because we had only ever, ever been like really independent, little shitty recording studios. Not shitty. Yeah, I don't want to say mean things, but you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. More little homemade studios, mm-hmm. and then just walking into that was pretty crazy. And we didn't do much pre-production. We did like a practice in the. Somehow, uh, oh, so our manager, Vince, he used to work for Oingo Boingo's manager. He was like an assistant manager. And so he had the idea to get uh, John Avila, the bass player of Oingo Boingo, to uh, 
co-produced the album, which was really cool. Oh, rad. So, so John Avalon and Jay Rifkin come down and to our practice in Orange County, and we start playing our songs, and they're like, all right, cool. <laughs> we'll see you guys at the studio. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this music is just so weird. Like, what are you gonna, how are you going to change? What are you going to do? And I didn't realize till maybe 10 years later when I tried to produce a couple ska bands, I did the same thing. Like, well, this, some of this doesn't work at all, but it's somehow working for you guys. And I would say change something, but where do you start? Let's just record it. <laughs> and I think that's what they did, <laughs> which is good. I'm glad, I'm glad they just, because that's what the song sounded like. Wow. So there wasn't much, uh, or if any, like messing around from the outside, it was pretty much your, your no, creation from the it back. It's okay. That's the song. All right, let's go. Well, let's you did it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys play to a click? Nope. All right. <laughs> then let's just go without it. Is that it. record not to a click? <laughs> no. Oh, man, really? Not at all. Wow. I'd, I wouldn't even have guessed Neither that. Neither is uh, What Are They Rock So Hard. Really? Yep. No way. I, I never would have guessed. I mean, every, the, the, the band was so w- well rehearsed by that point, I, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we just we played so many shows and we just played those songs thousands of times. Like, we knew them backwards and forwards. And that's why they're so fast and, like, just everything's the, just because, you know, when you, when you play a song a million times, it just gets easier to play. So you just play it faster and faster. That's what I see bands do that all the time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> get faster and faster and faster because it's easy. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how long. It was a few months, maybe like four or five months. But uh, it, it went pretty quick. And then I remember, I don't know, we finished everything, and I just went home, and then I didn't hear from anybody for like a couple weeks. And then they go, "All right, here's the record. It's all mixed." Whoa! And I didn't like none of us got invited to the mixing sessions, like, and it was we were horrified. Like there was so much like reverb on the horns. It sounded like they were in a cave and like everything sounds so dumb and weird. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, Oh my God. So I somehow talked him into remixing everything. And then I was like crazy the other way. Like no reverb at all. Nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. But, uh, yeah. And then, so then that was done and it, it came out in August, 1996. August 96. And about a week later, we went on tour, and we never stopped. <laughs> yeah, you guys just go, man. You guys have been going yeah. ever since. There's there's rarely a break with you guys. And that's amazing that we were able to make that, like, our career. Dude. Of, it's like our job what to a play feat. music all the time. What a that's feat. Awesome. It really is great. That's the man. dream come true. That's what you want. That's what you dream of. It is, man. <laughs> you walked into this, this amazing, beautiful studio, made this fucking great record and then just it's been rad ever since like, that's so cool man and then just to and that was as if that wasn't a cool enough experience then to just watch the record take off and just watch it catch on like people start to like it start to sell more and more MTV picks it up radio stations start picking it up like that whole you know the thing you see in the movies like can't hardly wait or uh, that thing you do yeah. I can't hardly wait that thing you do is like where they're oh my god the song's climbing the charts this is incredible that's so cool man that's so cool uh, I'm just, just I'm getting chills for you thinking about so it cool <laughs> yeah it's really great um yeah how long was it uh when, once the record was released like 
um, how long was it before it felt like, okay, boom, we're here? Like, was it like a, a month or two or, did it, or was it pretty quick as far as like the reception? It was just built really slowly. Mm-hmm. Over, like, 96, we did some opening slots. We play, went on tour with uh, Let's Go Bowling and Cherry Pop and Daddies. That was our first big U.S. tour, six weeks. And we were the opening band. We were getting a pretty good reaction. And then kind of towards the end of that tour, we got a little bit of play on MTV with our Everything Sucks video. And you could see the like people reacting a little bit more to us. Like, oh, they've heard of us. <laughs> and then a week after that tour was over, we were out on tour again, opening up for the toasters. And you could just see people were actually coming to see us now. Like, oh, they know the song. And then a week after that tour was over, we went on tour with Goldfinger in December. And it was really starting to blow up by then. The record sales were going up. And we got a tour bus. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. And then... 97 is when it really like got added to radio and the sellout video came out and all that started happening. Yeah, that's, that's like a year and a half. It really just like slowly built and built and built, built. Well, yeah, that's great. That's probably part of, or I'd say maybe the big reason why you guys are still crushing it today is because it took as long as it did. You know, it wasn't exactly a smash as soon as you put it out. It's like you have this year and a half or so to like go out there and do the tours and like just kind of build your foundation first. Um, and yeah, and go ahead. I think all just playing all the shows, just like through the early '90s and before having a record deal, just getting the word out slowly and just building, and getting better at what we do. And it wasn't just all of a sudden, hey, here's this band. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've heard of that. I've heard of this band. I don't know. It was a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it definitely slowly building a paid off real fan base. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what what a great fucking record! Like I still spin it um, from time to time today, and uh, it's just still it still holds up. It's just got this. I don't know. There's something that. Well, thank you. I'm glad you. I'm glad. That's nice of you to say. Oh yeah, of course, man. Of course, <laughs> I'm glad you, dude. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that people still listen to it. I mean. It's 23 years later now, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yep, just about. It's just incredible. I think of, I'm like, younger, young kids are still listening to it. Older people are still listening to it. You, you liked it back then. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I can't believe it's lasted so long. And it's meant so much to so many people. Yeah. It's, it's got to be a wonderful feeling. And um, it, it's, it's really rad, too. What was really cool to see um, was... Uh, that when you put out the new record, uh, Life Sucks, Let's Dance, that was like, oh, at December, right? Um, yes. Yeah, and like, it was just, it just felt like it just had that energy that Turn the Radio Off had. Like, it just, there was something about it, you know, um, as just back there slamming on the drums and the fucking horns are just great. And <laughs> I mean, all, all, no reverb. Yeah, no reverb. No reverb. <laughs> it's yeah. It's I've noticed that the record is very uh, uh, sonically. It's 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 the same kind of deal. It's just very straightforward, and there's not there's no crazy effects, and it's nothing. You know, it, it's just boom in your face. And uh, I love uh, quite a few of the songs. I one I think my favorite song on there is the uh, uh, Tongue Tied and Tipsy Two. Oh yeah. Um, that's just <laughs> yeah. It's just like. Let me see if it's... Yeah, here it is. Well, it was such... 
Dude, just slams. It's in your face. I can see mosh pits and shit every night, you know? Definitely. It's it's so good. Um, but yeah, I, I was really excited when it came out. I was, I was, I was just like, it, it kind of took me back to feeling like a, that, that you know, 16-year-old kid again. You know, it was, it was nice. Yeah, I think this record was... I think starting with uh, Candy Coated Fury, I was trying, starting to get better at what I did. I think for a long time... I don't know, not that it's a bad thing, but you know, just trying to experiment a little bit too much, just trying to go in all these different directions, just trying new things, which is what bands do, you know, it's nothing wrong with that. Being a musician, you want to explore sound. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I don't know, I think on the last two records, it's kind of, this is what I'm good at, I'm just going to do this. (laughs) Instead of, let me try and reinvent this music or invent a whole new kind of music or just try, you know what I mean? It's like, I want to get... When you make a record, you get all these ideas, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to do this. Let's try this. Let's, ah. So I think on the last two, it was just like, I'm going to do it the old way. Let's make some songs. Write some Scott Punk songs. Do what I'm good at. Keep it simple. And I think they turned out pretty good, especially this new one. Yeah, it's, it sounds awesome. <laughs> you got, uh, there's 14 tracks on it. So um, how many did you record? Was it Did you just use all 14 or did you, you know, do like 17, 18? There was... I did some demos and I cut a couple of songs and then we, I think there was two songs that we started on that didn't get finished. One I couldn't write any lyrics for and then the other one just sounded really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's mo- yeah, most everything except for two songs. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I, I uh, it happens to me a lot as well. It's, I mean, I'm sure with every songwriter, you, you have certain songs that like, it sounds cool when you're doing it and then, and then you maybe get into it and you're like, okay, this sucks now. Like, it's just not, it's not going where I thought it would. Or it's not turning out the way I thought it would. Um, yeah. I mean, the, you have, you get the idea in your head and it sounds great. Like you're just kind of thinking about it in your head. Like, wow, it's going to be a good song. And then you break out the guitar. Like, Oh, this, this could be good. And then you start showing it to the band. Like, Oh, this is terrible. It's not a good idea. <laughs> it's, so, it's so fucking true. It's so true. Now for the section where we pay the bills. And now back to the podcast. I do want to. I do want to go back. I forgot to ask about this. Um, take on me. Why? Why did you cover that? And was it a total fucking surprise when it just like took off the way it did? <laughs> you have to play it every night. Yeah, that was. Oh, that was definitely a surprise. That was just one. I don't know. I mean, we we're a young local band, you know, and just. Bands do cover songs, and uh, I always loved the songs of the 80s. That's like when I grew up. So I don't know why that song got picked or how it happened, but I just, I think I just sat down one day and figured out how to play it. And like, yeah, let's cover this song because it's got the little keyboard line. Oh, that would be good for horns. Let's make a good ska song. And it just kind of made sense in my head. So we just learned it and started playing it. And I remember we... I think we were doing it in 95 a little bit in 96, but we didn't record it yet for Turn the Radio Off, but we were still playing it live. And I remember playing it at some shows and getting no reaction. Like, ah, whatever. They don't, people don't know this song. <laughs> and then for some reason we recorded it. For, oh, we did it for a seven inch with Goldfinger. That was after Turn the Radio Off. Okay. Cause we recorded, uh, thank you for not moshing in the pit whatever that song is called that song and turn the or, uh, take on me for a seven inch. 
And then after that, they took the recording, and somehow I got on the movie Basketball. I don't know why. I think our Mojo Records was in charge of releasing the soundtrack or something, and they somehow got us in that movie. I still don't know how that, that happened. going to be one of my questions, yeah. The whole Basketball <laughs> thing. Let's talk about Basketball. Like we would love South Park. Ever, like we saw that old, the old Spirit of Christmas video that got passed around before the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we loved it. And then we were so happy when the TV show came out, and we loved it, and then... Love their movies. And, uh, yeah, suddenly we were in one of them. That was crazy. That's wild. But I really don't know how it came about. It's just, yeah, you just kind of found yourself there one day, huh? It was just one of those <laughs> things like, hey, you want to be in this movie with the South Park guy? Like, oh, what? <laughs> yes. And I'm, I'm sure it had something to do with, the, like, the, the record went gold, fell out was a hit. It was, we were, like, happening, happening new bands. Mm-hmm. So maybe they wanted that in their movie and, one person talk to another person. Who knows? It, yeah, it's like when uh, remember when the boss the boss tones were in Clueless. Oh yeah, exactly. We thought of that immediately. <laughs> oh my god, just like the boss tones of Clueless. <laughs> ah! <laughs> we're gonna be huge, following in their footsteps. It's it is very neat to see. Like I just watched it recently. I, I'd never really seen the movie front to back um, before, and I oh yeah, yeah I watched it like <laughs> a few months back in the van or something, and on the road and. Um, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think about it. I just forgot. I'm just going to put this movie on, and like, <laughs> I'm like, is that is that beer? <laughs> like, suddenly, in the middle of the movie, there's a commercial for real big. Yeah, fish. I was like, what the like, fuck? And, hands across the band and the banner. And I was like, holy shit! Yeah, I was like, uh, and I knew you guys were in it, but I just wasn't even thinking about it. I was just kind of watching the movie, and like, there you guys were. I was like, holy shit, man! Um, yeah, it was really neat to see. And I feel like that movie and the soundtrack and beer and take on me being on that soundtrack. I think that took us further than, than Sellout being a hit was. Like, I feel like a lot of people, there are people who found out about the band later, they don't even know about the, the whole thing, Sellout being a hit in the 90s. They know about basketball, they know Take On Me, they know beer. It's crazy, and I think that movie helped us so much just to get the word out about a band. Yeah, what a great opportunity. Yeah. So lucky. That's great. So how long how long were you guys on set? Was it like just one day or we I think it was one it was either one or two days, I can't remember, but we were mostly just sat around in the trailer waiting. And then we got we were there on the days we were filming the cheerleaders, so we were just kinda up in the bleachers watching all that. And then lip sync the song twice. And that was done. And then what did we do? There was another part where we, we were in like a party scene, we were just sitting there, and uh, Scott kept kicking over this popcorn bowl, and they had to clean it up and like reshoot everything over and over again. Because <laughs> it was there's a giant bowl of popcorn right on the table. He kept putting his foot right next to it. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, but that scene got cut. Oh, okay. But the, yeah, there's this whole scene like where one of the guys was like the phone was ringing, and he was trying to find it, and he was, like lifting up everybody's legs and like looking around for the phone. There, I don't know, but that was pretty fun. Well, that's really neat, man. Pretty surreal being on a movie set and like because we'd never done anything like that. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say all those things definitely um, helped kind of solidify, you know, your place and the the fandom and all that. And it's it's really great to, like I said, to go out there with you guys and see these kids just going nuts to you guys playing <laughs> <clears throat> such a good thing 
pretty amazing. You never get used to it. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's great. That's, you know, it's, it's impossible to get jaded that way. If you just, if it's always <laughs> feels good, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like every time, especially on the last tour, it was just, I don't know, just kids going nuts and you guys just go out there and do your thing. It's just, it just, you make it look so easy. <laughs> and after so many years too, just that people keep coming to our shows. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah. It's, it's got it. You got to be grateful for that. <laughs> I mean, we try, we always do our best. We try to put on the best show we can we try to play the songs people like, you know, <laughs> do all the little things. We do our part. We try. Yeah. No, it's, it, I'd call it success. I mean, it, all the all the little things I love the the little um the little medley the the cover medley you guys do there like ninety songs <laughs> um you know uh, self esteem and all that great <clears throat> and the part the my, speaking of that I need to come up with some new bits I've been using those for a long time <laughs> <laughs> that's always a fun thing too because we never none of that stuff is rehearsed we don't talk about it we don't sit you know at home in the studio going. Now, what would be a funny thing to do? It's always just spontaneous little joke that builds into this weird big thing. I mean, the whole playing all the 90s songs thing. This is a big hit from the 90s. It was a joke one day. and like Off the top of my head, I was like, hey, everybody, we're going to play our big hit song from the 90s. And I started playing Smells Like Teen Spirit. And like that was it. And then you know, the next day we did it because it got a great reaction. And then as time went on, I added more and more songs. Like we just play half that song and then it's like, oh, I don't know. It's just like the, the many versions of SR and we'd play, oh, here's the punk rock version. Here's the disco version. Here's the death metal version. That was just all spontaneous on stage, just an evolution of a weird bit over years and years. Yeah. It's so fucking seamless. Like it's just, it's so like well done, you know? It, it's it's so <laughs> cool to watch. And every time, every time. And that's why, that's why it gets it gets, I don't know, what, you just figure out what works and what doesn't because you just do it right on stage. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't work, you know right away. <laughs> yeah. And if it does, it's just like, yeah, that worked. Let's try that again tomorrow night. Oh, man, it's <laughs> so funny, like, putting yourself out there. You, you don't know if it's going to work, and then when it doesn't, it's just like, ah. <laughs> You're like, damn it. I think that's my my favorite part about playing live and just being on tour, just the little things like that, these little bits that develop and evolve. Yeah, <laughs> that's really fun for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's obviously fun. I, I think my favorite part of that whole thing is uh, during self esteem when you it gets back to the the riff, but you stop playing guitar and everybody puts up their fucking devil signs and like, and you're just da 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 shit. I the first couple of times I just laughed really hard. I was like, it was awesome. Good. Nice. That's what I want. It was a great to touch. <laughs> I want to make people smile. Yeah, laugh. just watching people laugh the way I did, you know, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the best kind of laughter. You're just sh- surprised. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, That's the reaction I want when people see my band. Yeah, and yeah, man. <laughs> I obviously keep doing what you're doing because it's working. But um, so, uh, what was the what was the reasoning for? Um, six years between records it was like i'd say what 2012 and 2018 it was just you weren't feeling it or you just kind of got caught up wrapped wrapped up in playing live so much you just didn't get around to it or what uh i don't know it's, i mean I, there's always been a few years between albums but uh i don't know it's, i mean the band's been around for a long time we got so many songs 
And, you know, there's a handful that people, that everybody knows that we play live and get the best reaction. And then there's all these other songs on the record. And every once in a while, you know, you try out some other songs like, oh, nope, nobody knows this one. Nope. So I don't know. You just kind of like, why, why make a new record? You just get into that. Because I know there's people who's, who are interested, like there's fans who want to hear new music and stuff, but at the same time, it's just there's this huge catalog behind us that no one's heard anyway, or that a lot of people don't know about. So you're just like, ah, why, why make new music? But And then also, it takes me forever to write a song. It's like... It's kind of these little ideas incubating in my head for years and years and years. So that too. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I was just six years went by, and then suddenly I was like, "Oh, I, I guess I have enough songs for a new record. Might as well do it." <laughs> <laughs> so, because I like making, I like making new music, but it's, I don't feel like I have to because we're, you know, right, we're real big fish. We're already established. All we need is. Let's turn the radio off songs anyway. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it, for me, it's like I, I have, like, it takes me a while to finish a song. Sometimes I'll write a song front to back in 20 minutes, and but most of the time it's like, it, like you said, it takes sometimes years. Um, you know, I'll start a song in 2004 and finally release it in 2011. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, it's not like I'm constantly working on it. It's just like, oh, I have an idea. And it just sits there in my head. And then five years later, Oh, got it. <laughs> it all comes together. Do you uh do you do you take out the the iPhone and jump on the voice notes, throw stuff down? Or does it all just stay in your head? Uh, most, mostly everything I just keep in my head, and if I can't remember, then it's not catchy enough. It's not good enough, you know. Oh. If it's not stuck in my head forever, then why why write it down or record it or make a demo or anything? That's a good approach. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, I'll be like, I'll write something down, like, that's a cool line, <laughs> or whatever. But probably like 95% of everything is just all in my head, and I keep it in there. <laughs> and, if it, and, if I for, and if I forget it, then it's not good enough. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> I, I, that's such like a punk rock approach to that. Like, well, if it wasn't, it wasn't good enough anyway. Fuck that song. Like, <laughs> right. But it gives me anxiety thinking about that because I have to, I have to record everything, any idea. Yeah. Any, I hum it into my phone. I've got just like, just a list of like <laughs> voice notes and hard drives of shit that aren't songs yet. Yeah. And no, I, it surprises me that I do it that way. Because I feel like I'm the type of person who's like, oh, hold on to every little idea and, and every little thing, you know, the same way. But for some reason, I don't know, maybe I've just been doing it for so long or that's just always how I've done it. And way, way back when, when I first started, I didn't really have anything to record it with. So I just, oh, I'll just remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And the same with the live shows, like I'm so open to just, letting the song turn into a train wreck or make a joke out of it or just stop in the middle of the song. I feel like, I don't know. I've, I'm more, I'm like OCD and like controlling person. Everything has to be just perfect. But at the same time, somehow I just, the live show, whatever happens is fine. Mm -hmm. Train wreck here. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. I think it's that. So not like me. <laughs> You're pretty, uh, you find yourself pretty, uh, pretty in control like it's got to be this way like in the other facets of the, of the music and all that just in life you know yeah. in <laughs> life yeah 
I'm not as bad as I used to be. A little more laid back, but I don't know. My mom's that way. I just kind of grew up that way. It's like, oh, very particular. Oh, if you would just this, this way. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand that. Queen freaks, you know. Yeah. Very, very OCD family I come from. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you had a your. I guess you can still say. Can you still say recently married? Or is that I guess in the scheme in the grand scheme? Yeah, it's of, only been two years. Yeah, the grand scheme of life. I guess <laughs> you know got a lot of time left. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. At my age, I refer to. Oh, that was only ten years ago. No big deal. <laughs> that was only ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, you guys just got fucking big yesterday, right? Yeah, it was, it was only twenty years ago. Yeah, something like that. Twenty. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, the wedding was awesome. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thank you for coming. Yeah, it was it was great. Um, it was so many so many. It was a good. We still talk about it. We still think about how fun it was. Oh man, having everybody there, all our friends. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool to see. It was really cool. Everybody I saw and um, just the it was beautiful. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure Krista was like all over that. It, it was it was <laughs> obvious. You know, she was very happy with everything how it came out. It's great. She got to have her dream fairy tale wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. And the, and the Madonna is such a cool spot. I, like I'd, I'd never, we'd passed it before on the road, like on tour and stuff, but obviously never stopped. And like, so it was neat to check it out. And like all the rooms are all different. Yeah, everyone has a different theme. I've been going there since I was a little kid. My grandma lives in San Luis Obispo. So we stopped by the Madonna Inn and like eat in the restaurant. But I never stayed there until a few years ago. So we were just, taking a trip to middle California and I was like, we should check out this Madonna Inn. I used to go there when I was a kid. We started staying there and a love for it developed, became one of our regular stops. Yeah. And then we're like, where should we get married? And that was the first place we thought of. That's so cool. <laughs> like the Madonna Inn, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it just, it had the, uh, it has like the, I don't know, it has, it's the vibe. Like it, it just, it felt like, it felt like you guys. Magic. It was magical. Yeah. It's, you feel like you're in another world. Yeah, you do. You do. It was, it was neat. Like out there in the, the courtyard, we guys had the uh, the ceremony. And then inside um, where the reception was and everything, it was just, she, I mean, it was. But it still felt so comfortable. It wasn't like a, it was just real comfortable for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't. Nobody felt like, oh, don't touch anything. Oh, it's very stiff. It's oh. <laughs> like you felt like you're at, you felt like you're at a party still. Or something like somebody's house party that was just happened to be in a magical location. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was rad. It was. Um, I don't know. It was, it was like you said. It was very comfortable and and it, the more uh, it was great. The more we kept drinking and like it was just everybody was just having a great time. We're, we're dancing and <laughs> just goofing off and it was it was awesome, man. Yeah, we we're everybody had an awesome time and that's what we wanted. We wanted to put on a really fun party. I think that's a great approach. A lot of people's weddings are very stiff and they're very like, oh, this is my day and I want this and that. We're like, how can we put on the best party for our friends <laughs> and get married at the same time? <laughs> yeah, that, that's... An, we're, we're people pleasers, I guess. Yeah, that's a <laughs> Try to be. great approach, man. It was, it was uh, <laughs> yeah, again, thank you. It was, it was, it was great and, um, and everybody had a great time. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so uh, before I let you go, like, what's um, what's next? You got the tour coming up in the summer, festivals and such. Yeah, we're going to Europe for some festivals, and then uh, we're doing six weeks in the U.S. 
I think. We're doing two weeks with Bowling for Soup, then two weeks with the Aquabats, and then two more weeks with Bowling for Soup. That would be really fun. Those guys are Bowling for Soup's really fun. Aquabats are always a good time. So I am looking forward to it. What are you doing? What's coming up for you guys? Oh man, we're just doing a bunch of like uh, like weekends, and um, we've got, oh, we're doing Cali Roots this weekend, and then we've got uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're flying on Thursday and then going to do the thing on Friday and then fly home on Saturday. And then we've got this brew at the zoo. We're going to drink beer and look at lions and shit on Sunday back here in Maryland. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it should be good. And then uh, just some other festival stuff, um, a couple fly dates and um, an- announcing like a summer thing and like we're going to be doing in August. Got a few days with Revolution. and uh, Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Music, releasing music, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, rocking and rolling and whatnot. You know, just some go getters <laughs> going and getting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, man. Well, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What? One more thing. Sure. Did you hear about the Scott movie? Dude, I heard about it. The documentary? Yeah. It's so good. Oh, man. It's, they did an awesome job. Dude, that's great. I talked to Taylor, uh, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, maybe. And yeah. it, we were, it was like a few weeks before it came out. And uh, I was telling him I was so stoked. And I was hoping he'd send me a copy, but he never did. But uh, <laughs> So it, it, it was good, <laughs> huh? Right now, he's trying to get people to go to the screenings instead of sending it out to people. Right. <laughs> but they're doing them all over the world. They just had one in uh, Australia. That was really good. And they're doing one in uh, Japan, doing a New York one in Brooklyn. But yeah, it's really awesome. It's just everybody's so good in it. And everybody says the best stuff. And like you really get a feel for that time and how special it was. And people that don't know about it, like like my wife, for instance, who has no idea about the ska thing of the 90s. She's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a pretty pretty neat thing that you were part of <laughs> so you learn after the decade of being with you it, it took to see the movie just two hours i don't sit around talking about the old days all the time you know just like do my thing i guess that would be weird if you did that <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool man yeah i can't wait to see it um he yeah he was it's really good i was asking him, like awesome. every question i had about it and uh it just sounded like it was gonna be great and um i know you're in it yeah i'm in it and I realized that I somehow turned into Steve Brule. Like, <laughs> like, so? Yeah, just, yeah <laughs> your choice. For real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, dude. You'll see it. You'll see it, and you'll see what I mean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. I was like, "Hey, I'm acting like Steve Brule right there. That's really weird." <laughs> yeah. I'm watching, check it out too much. Back in the nineties, you and you you would get on your skateboard and you'd. <laughs> you listen to this back ska in, music. Back in the nineties, back in the nineties, band called Goldfinger. Goldfinger <laughs> and mighty, mighty, mighty brass dingus, dingus, the dinguses. <laughs> oh man, God, I haven't seen a Steve Roll episode in a while. So good. I gotta get on it. It's been a minute. I think it's my favorite thing ever <laughs> in the world. It's Steve Roll. He's so good, man. He's so good, <laughs> and they're. They're different people. It's not John C. Riley. You know that, right? No. Yeah. 
it's different. But it's so weird watching like the old Steve Rule on the Tim and Eric show and like the transformation to when it became its own show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you ever see the old? I saw the like the little bits old, on the Tim and Eric. I saw the old clips. I remember thinking it was like the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. They're both so good, but he's so different. It's like somehow he, he along the way, he got like more of a lisp and talk out of the side of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> At first, he's like a really awkward guy. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he's like a weird child who had a stroke or something. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's really dark. It gets really dark. It's the weirdest character. Did you see the one where he goes, <laughs> where he goes into a chroma? Yeah. <laughs> he falls off a straight board. Oh, my God. Oh, man. As each season goes on, there's like the more, just weirdest, darkest stuff happening. Oh, oh it's so weird. But I still love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so good. And I heard that like the production stuff, like they actually film it on old like old cameras and and stuff and like old mics and interfaces and like they even to get that yeah homemade cable access feel yeah and then they even run it through <laughs> like a vcr like they they record it to like a vhs tape and Just then to make it extra shitty yeah and then run it back to make it digital from the vhs so it looks all shitty and weird and all that remember oh, the incredible. tracking lines and stuff like that you always have to fix the yeah tracking. the editing is like what we used to try to make little videos like we take a video of our show like edit together with two VCRs, just like trying to tape different. <laughs> yeah. Same quality. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That, that's so, that's so <laughs> cool. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like almost genius, you know, to it is. put it together that way. <clears throat> John C. Riley is a genius. He is. Tim and Eric are geniuses. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those guys, <laughs> man, so talk about a weird show. Tim and Eric is like, yeah, but in the best way possible. It's just the weirdest fucking show, man. The characters. Definitely. So amazing, weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like it's if it's like how do they come up with that? Like you see all the references, but at the same time, like how did they capture that look, that feel, and the awkwardness that lives on? Yeah, there's that weird awkwardness <laughs> that like, and it just it makes you feel like strange inside. <laughs> In the best way. In the best way. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah the weirdest <laughs> shit, man. But it makes you laugh, makes you cringe. Yeah. Cringe. That's, feel that's the word. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but but good for them. Because it's a great show. You'll love it. It'll make you cringe and feel awkward. <laughs> yeah. Check it oh, out. I'm gonna check it out. Check, check, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm so glad we talked about that. So yeah, go on YouTube and try and find like all the old Steve stuff because there's different people have like compiled all the, the Tim and Eric Steve Brule stuff. It's really good. I mean, Sweetberry Wine, classic episode. Seen that one? I have, you know, I have not seen that one. I need to get on that. I know. Oh, my God. Go right now on YouTube and look up Steve Brule, Sweetberry Wine. Yeah, I'm, I'm making a note right the now best. just to make sure I do this because i got to round these up. Because he's doing a news report about wine and he gets drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did see that so one, good. actually. It's been a while. You've probably seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We, we used to... We'd pull them up in the van, like we just watched, like you know, after sound check or whatever. So I might have to go back and look. It's amazing. Nice. <laughs> um, I, I got to say that when we go out with with real big fish, it's always like it feels like home. It feels like family. It's um, the crew and like your crew and uh, everyone, the band. Everybody's just like we've become friends, and it's just I don't know. Everybody's just real hospitable, and it's just a good vibe, <laughs> and. Uh, any band that goes out with you guys is, is lucky to go out. 
no rock star assholes in our organization. Not at all. Not we're at all. Bit, we're a little bit awkward and shy sometimes. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll fight anybody that. that says otherwise. Really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, once again, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I appreciate it. I feel like um, oh, no problem. people are going to learn a lot. That The whole show is about just like uh, Tales from the Green Room. It's, a, it's about the experiences, and I like to talk to other artists about the ups and downs and sort of like, you know, the, the great things, the bad things, uh, you know, the, and it's just, and it shows that like everybody that I talk to, it's always the same story. You know, it just shows that you got to start from, from nothing and you just have to put in the work and build up to something. And, and yeah, you can't just expect it to happen overnight. All of a sudden, like you got to work hard. And all you have to do is work really hard and for a really long time and then it'll, it'll happen overnight. Yeah. It'll happen overnight, yeah, yeah, dude. Hey, but but you've built this amazing career, and people are coming to the shows and and loving it, and you know they're bringing their friend next time, and it's just a, I don't know, it just shows that you can you can still do this, and you can make a real career out of this, and and live off of it. It's it's great. Yeah, and, it, and I think the the secret to keeping it going for so long is just you do it. You got to do it for the right reason. You got to do it to make people happy, and because you love music and you love playing it, and you know, I don't know. Some people do it for the wrong reasons. You can't do it for money. That's that's, that's for sure. Oh God, no, no. If you're if you're in it for money, you're going to be disappointed a lot. There's, Definitely. There's no, yeah. This is not money. Should not be the motivator. It's um, yeah. <laughs> well, people coming together and having fun. Yeah, and and doing doing the thing that meeting good vibes. Yeah, the thing that makes you feel good, like the making music and singing and playing guitar, being on stage, and all those things, like. That's how it is for me. It's like those, all those things make me feel good. And, and when they stop making me feel good, that's when it's like, okay, maybe this isn't the thing anymore, you know? Exactly. But, and I've had moments, um, I guess, you know, since we're here, if you want to talk for a second, like, have there, were there moments in, in the time, uh, in this last, oh my God, like 28 years now that you were just, <laughs> uh, you know, you were kind of like, um, I don't know. Or, or was it always just, did you ever think of it that way? Yeah, of course. Everyone has their ups and downs, you know. There's always times when you're like, what am I doing? And, this, and different times with just different people that were in the band were very negative and just made life hell for everybody else. And you're like, oh, it sucks. I hate this. Oh. But, you know, you go through that. Everybody goes through that. But I think in the end, I just, I just love performing and I love being on stage and <laughs> doing all that stuff music i love music so and if i you know i mean if i was like oh what am i going to do i'm going to quit the band and then start another band and <laughs> yeah do this all over <laughs> again doing the same thing <laughs> just, i'm going to do the same thing no matter what yeah so might as well find a way to make this work right yeah i mean it's certainly working it's funny how, how different you are um on stage and off like yeah i wish i could be that person all the time <laughs> Yeah, 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 and there's, obviously there's nothing wrong with like kind of keeping to yourself and just being cool and chilling out and not being the center of attention and all that. But then when you go on stage, it's like it, it's it flips and you're just like I don't know, just there's this burst of like energy and uh, funny guy. And I mean, you're always like we've had great conversations off stage, but like it's just it's it's cool, man. It's cool to see it come yeah, my, out of the shell for the for the show. My relatives, my relatives, the camp still can't believe that I go up on stage and sing and play guitar and like perform in front of people. Cause they know how, what a shy, awkward kid I was. 
And what a shy, awkward adult I am. <laughs> like, wait, so you're telling me that you go on stage in front of thousands of people and you sing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, man. It's, what, and why do you think that is? What, what is that? Like, uh, I think a common with a lot of like shy, awkward, introverted type people. Mm-hmm. They just can take on a different character and that's, that they, I don't know, somehow they find a way like that where I can open up and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it's easy to go on stage and sing and dance around and act like a fool. And then I, it's hard for me to just talk to people like, hi, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, uh, I've always been a personable type of personality, but like, um, I feel like when I talk to people, like when I'm in conversation, um, at a show or whatever, like I feel like I'm struggling. Like I, they can just feel yeah. the, the me trying to sh- think of shit to say and not sound like an idiot. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's definitely like, I don't know if we're doing a signing or something. I'm, I'm in performing mode or if I'm doing like a thing or if some, somebody catches me like walking down the street on a regular day, like, Hey, you're real big fish. Like, hey, <laughs> What's wrong? You okay? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, God forbid a, a trip to the DMV or like something, something like that, right? Where you got to actually like <laughs> do like do something important. Exactly. Talk to people. Yeah, I understand. Weird. That's, yeah, I'm working on it. You know, and I see my nephew, my sister's kid. He's about 13 now. I see him turning into the same kind of shy, awkward kid that I was. Like, oh no, don't be like me. <laughs> no, what can I do to? <laughs> snap you out of it that's man yeah what do you do <laughs> i just see him doing the same kind of fidgeting and squirming like hey asher how are you doing like good how was school uh fine just <laughs> <laughs> like the worst pain in the world just to have to talk about yourself yeah or talk about anything <laughs> you just feel like there's this burning spotlight on you like all right how was school Tell me all about it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. It was just like every other day. It was just like yesterday. Like, well, it's good. Ah, it's fine. Yeah, my, my boy does the same thing. Like, I'll, I feel like he's going the same route. Like, he just, yeah. like, how was school? He's like, it was good. You know, or like people, people. <laughs> I guess saying, that's what all kids do. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't really know how to be. Kids are kind of socially awkward in that way. And they'll let you know. There's no like, <laughs> they'll just like walk away. You know? <laughs> Whereas like adults, we're just like, we have the courtesy. Like, oh, that's cool. Okay. And then, okay, well, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> Kids would just like fucking walk away. <laughs> Fine. Go to my room. Yeah, go to my room. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man. Uh, I fucking have a, have a great day. I appreciate calling in and like, it's been, it's been really cool picking your brain and getting the story. Right on, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> 45 years old, my voice is still cracking. Oh, mine does all the time, I know. It's never going to stop. <laughs> never going to stop. What's up with that? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, I hope to talk to you sooner than later. And uh, again, Definitely. give uh, Krista and Walter my love. And um, yeah. I will. Give your family our love, too. Oh, yeah, you know it, man. Say hi to everybody. <laughs> yeah, we know that. You're going to get a wedding invitation <laughs> at some point. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Just because, you know. Is that, is that for... For real? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, um, there's, we're still working on a date, but um, it's gonna be next year, probably maybe fall next year, something like that. Nice. Well, should I congratulate you? Um, not not a, get engaged officially. Not a, I mean, we, yeah, we've been engaged for a while, so <laughs> that's that's for for sure. We we're just kind of like, well, we've got 
two kids and been together a while, so we should probably just <laughs> lock this down We're together. <laughs> yeah, just lock it down <laughs> while we while we're gonna, you know. So uh, nice. yeah, but uh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks. So uh, yeah, expect that sometime next year. Cool. We'll be there. Awesome. That'd be rad. Word, man. Um, well, uh, yeah. Have a great day and uh, in, in the beautiful sunny California, and um, I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Have a good one. All right, all right. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on to the pod. Uh, really appreciate having you. And uh, I'm sure that the listeners just you know learned a lot. And um, yeah, it was just a great conversation. Um, everybody, make sure you uh, go see Real Big Fish at some point over and over again. Just a fun band. <clears throat> and uh, good people. Um, they always take care of us when we're hanging out. And uh, go to their website, Real Big Fish. It's real-big-fish.com. If you go to realbigfish.com, do without the dashes, um, it's like a cat. It's like a picture of a cat with some web links, and it's not the right website. So make sure you put the dashes in there. <laughs> I noticed that yesterday. Uh, check out their new record, Life Sucks, Let's Dance. Um, a lot of great songs on that, and uh, those guys are not stopping anytime soon. So make sure you get out and see them. Uh, thank you so much to uh, listening to the show, and uh Go to ballyhoorocks.com slash tour to learn all the dates that Ballyhoo is coming to your town, hopefully. And we're announcing some stuff for this summer very soon with some cool bands and uh, new music. Uh, next Friday, we've got Renegade coming out May 31st. You can pre-save right now if you go to my Instagram, Howie Spangler. Um, the, hit the link in my bio and you can pre-save it at Spotify and Apple Music. And uh, tell your friends. Cool. All right. Hit me up, leave me some voicemails on Instagram or, or the Anchor app, and uh, maybe you'll we'll get on the show for the mailbag soon. All right, cool, man. Everybody have a great day. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend, and we'll uh, see you next week. <laughs>